Last couple of weeks, uh, we studied these words. Jesus says, where he says, I am. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we studied what it means for Jesus to be the vine, what it means to be connected to him. Uh, then we searched last week the meaning of Jesus, I am, when he says, I am the light of the world, and the implication that means for us. Uh, and then this morning, we're looking at John chapter 10, verse 11. If you would just look at that, he said, Jesus says this, says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, every one of these words where Jesus says, I am, he's painting this picture for us to get a sense of exactly who he is and exactly what that means for us. And here's what he's saying. I am the shepherd. He's giving us this picture. I'm a shepherd and I'm a good shepherd. I'm not just any shepherd, but I'm the good shepherd. And here's the good news for you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I am going to lay down my life for you. Now, what he's doing here in this word picture is in direct opposition to what the enemy does. If you look back at verse one, the enemy, uh, what Jesus says is truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So there are exactly two people that are looking uh, for access to the sheep. One is a good shepherd and the other is a thief and a robber meant to bring total destruction. What that tells us is there is an enemy, without question, there is an enemy and he wants to kill. He wants to absolutely destroy. And the, maybe the tragedy or the sad thing is, is we see it happening all over the world. Can we just be honest for a minute? Jesus isn't mincing words here. He's saying, I'm the good shepherd, but there's one who doesn't come in by the gate. He comes uh, deceitfully. He has to sneak through, and what he's trying to do is destroy, and there's all kinds of evil that we see in the world. A lot of people sick, a lot of families that fall apart or relationships that are broken, people making bad decisions. All of that, I think the root of all of that is there's one who's trying to destroy our lives destroy people. Verse 10 says this. It says this way. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is his motive. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here's the picture. He's making it extremely clear. There is a good shepherd ready to lay down his life. And the way that he, in laying down his life, gives abundant life away. There is an enemy who is seeking to still kill and destroy. And there's one other player in this picture. And that is the sheep. Now guess who the sheep are? We are. That's good. All right. So we are the sheep. We're the sheep in this, which is great all right, it, it's good, except for that there's some problems with the sheep. Just generally speaking, we're the sheep. Now, listen, sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in all the scripture. Lots of animals in scripture, but sheep are mentioned more than 200 times. You'll hear a picture, there, there, the scripture talks about sheep. And just like side note, dogs are mentioned 44 times and cats are never mentioned at all. And so just theologically, 
You can take that for what it's worth. I'm just going to give that to you. That's just totally free. All right. All right. Now, Jesus says there are sheep and the sheep are us. That's who the sheep are. Uh, but there are some significant implications for what it means to be a sheep. And if you have a set of notes on the back of your uh, worship guide, you can fill in a set of notes. Feel throw that up there for, can you throw that note up there? Yeah, there are some significant implications for what it means to be a sheep, okay? And uh, if you want to feel free to follow along on your notes if you'd like to. All right, now, what are those implications? We're gonna just talk through the, which, as briefly as possible the implications of what it actually means to be a sheep and then what God has to say to us as the shepherd. First is this, listen, sheep get lost easily. Sheep get lost very uh, easily. Uh, just how many of you in the last like 30 days have used a, a GPS app of some kind? Right, almost everyone. I kind of feel like GPS apps are single-handedly saving marriages, okay? And what I mean is this. Before GPS apps, uh, men would be uh, you know, tasked with maybe driving for vacation time or whatever. And what would happen is they would say, I know the way. And then inevitably what would happen is, is they would not know the way. And they would get lost. And here would be the problem. Men won't ask for directions because they feel like inherently they can figure this thing out. And the problem is, is they can't. Uh, and their wives were letting them know, right? This is what happens all the time is, hey, if you'll just ask for directions, no, 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 I got this. I got this. And, uh, and, and what's beautiful is that you no longer have to worry about that. You no longer have to have the shame men of getting out of your car to go into the 7-Eleven and ask where you are. You just pull out the phone and the GPS app tells you and you don't, it's just all so secretive and it's all so good and nobody knows that you don't know where you're going, right? That happens all the time. GPS is kind of a, 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 a good thing uh, for humanity, all right? But the fact is this, uh, every one of us has been lost at some point in time. We felt lost and there's, a, there's an unsettling feeling, very easy to feel uh, the unsettling of being lost. Sheep get lost really, really easily. They see things all over the place and they start running to the things that they uh, see that delight their eyes all the time. Isaiah 53 puts it this way. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Now, I love this particular scripture because this scripture is actually in the context of talking about exactly who Jesus would be and all that he would do when he came. It was a prophetic word about what Jesus would be and what he would do in our lives. And in the midst of describing what this coming king would do, it says, listen, every one of us has gone astray. We've, every one of us, there's, in fact, there's not one person in this room that hasn't had those moments and times where we wanna go pursue whatever it is that delights our eyes, just like a sheep, and it says, man, the grass looks greener over there, or we, maybe we should go over here, or we get distracted with this thing. We forget about the significance of our lives. We can move uh, in all kinds of different directions looking for things and find ourselves lost. We can pursue a thousand different things in our lives only to find we don't know where we're going to feel that sense of being lost. 
that indecisiveness that we experience. What about this? What about that? And what Jesus is wanting us to understand is, listen, you're going to get lost, but I'm a, I'm a good shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd get lost. That's the implication of what it means to be a sheep, is that if we don't have a shepherd, we get lost. Secondly, sheep are defenseless. Now, uh, this is really interesting to think about if you just like think in general in the animal kingdom. But like almost every animal has some mechanism for defense, right? Even just even the horrible cats, whatever, can claw your eyes out or just whatever, right? They all have, they all have something, right? Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you can, maybe the animal can fly away or maybe the animal can turn itself into the same color as a branch. They all have these defense mechanisms. All animals have this, even horses, right? You get behind a horse, you're gonna pay the price, okay? So every animal has some mechanism for defense except sheep. They can't defend themselves at all. They won't defend themselves. In fact, you guys, you want a good dad joke? I know everybody loves to have good dad jokes. How does a sheep defend itself? It says, back off. Is <laughs> it good? Is it good? It's good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A couple of you appreciated that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told you it was bad. It was dead. All, all, all dad jokes are awful. Totally defenseless. No ability in any way, form, or fashion to care for themselves in the face of danger. In fact, the only way they can ever be protected is by having the shepherd around them. It's the only way. It's what we see all uh, the time, the enemy is cunning, and apart from the power and the grace of God, we aren't going to make it out alive. This is the picture that Jesus is crafting for us. We are like sheep, without defense, apart from a shepherd who's looking out for us. Three, sheep are very stubborn. Sheep are very, very stubborn, Okay. And I know this is where the spouses are like, <laughs> you hear these talking about you, um, right? Every one of us has been, uh, every one of us has been in those places of being stubborn, thinking we've got it all figured out, thinking we have the right thing, moving forward and not being able uh, to, to reassess or reevaluate, but being singular or focused. In fact, I'm just doing a little bit of research. If a sheep uh, moves forward, if it gets wedged between two rocks, it literally will continue to try to press itself through the rocks. Can't think to back up, back itself up. This is that stubbornness that we, uh, we've all experienced at different points in time where we have our sights set on something and we just keep pressing through regardless of what maybe wisdom or health or hope might suggest otherwise. We've all been in that place before. And then finally, because you're going, golly, this, this, this whole sheep thing sounds really rough. Um, Finally, sheep are filthy. Sheep are filthy. And I know what you're thinking. Sheep aren't that filthy. I mean, if you look on them on TV, they're cute and fluffy and white. But could I just be honest with you? All the sheep in Hollywood have been power washed, just <laughs> totally taken through the cleaners, okay? You go to any actual sheep farm, you will see these animals are nasty, 
and dirty and stinky. That's what they are. And they will, they have no ability to clean themselves. They just stay in their stinkiness. That's what they do. That's the problem with sheep. They can't do anything about it. This is, of course, what the scripture actually has to say about humanity. This is what it says. The scripture puts it this way. All the best things that we can do, what you might describe as our own righteousness, what it says is this. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Try to do the best things in the world, trying to be right and good and make good decisions. And at the end of the day, what the scripture is going to say is we're filthy. It's who we are. These are the truths about sheep. I'd say these are the truths about us, every one of them. And the good news of all of that is that even though all of that is true, we have an incredibly gracious, merciful, good shepherd. This is the good news. So the good news is actually not our condition or our ability to improve our condition. In fact, I think the picture of us being sheep would suggest we can't do anything about any of those issues that I just described, but God can, a shepherd can. He absolutely can, and he wants to. I want you, if you will, turn to Psalm chapter 23. Uh, this is probably one, if you grew up in church, this is probably one of the most famous Psalms. You may have even heard it before, but the entirety of this Psalm is the psalmist speaking to the picture of what it means to be with the shepherd. And I want us just to be able to look at this together. This is where we get to the good news part. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to just finish this morning by just talking about not what the sheep are, but what the good shepherd does. What a good shepherd is and what it means for our lives. First and foremost, listen, a good shepherd, he leads. A good shepherd leads. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Good shepherd is leading and a smart sheep is following. Without question, you have found yourself in a position asking this question. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? We have the, that, the, that scenario happens in our lives on micro levels and on massive levels where we feel the weight of those questions. What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Asking, wondering, how do we know what the right thing to do is, is we come to these moments in our lives that we all inevitably have. And I love in John chapter 10, if you go back to our text, 
what he says in verse four. It says, when he has brought out, this is speaking of the shepherd, brought out all his own, he goes before them. Listen, and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. If you've ever found yourself in that place asking the question, what am I supposed to do here? How, how am I supposed to walk through this relational issue? Or are we supposed to move our family? Or am I supposed to take this job? Those are the kinds of questions we often ask about our lives. When you come to those moments and ask that question, the indication that Jesus is making here as a good shepherd is that the shepherd is speaking and leading and the sheep know where to go because they know his voice. It's so important. This is what I, um, so I think about uh, when you think about, I don't know if you thought about knowing someone's voice. If you were to take, if you were to take, let's just say you were to take a room of 50 women 50 women, and you set them loose, that would be a lot of conversation going on. Because conversely, you could put 50 men in a room and they'd be like, uh, uh, hey, where's the game? That's basically what would happen. From, but you put 50 women in a room, they're all talking, right? Now, you could go into that room, lots of conversation going on, but you might not be able to necessarily pick out my wife's voice. And that would be one of two reasons. Either you don't know her or you haven't hung out with her long enough. But I can tell you this. I could go into a room, 50 women talking. I'd be blindfolded. I'd go around. At some point in time, I would know my wife's voice. And there's only one reason, only one reason I would know my wife's voice. Because I just spent time getting to know her. I've heard her voice. I've heard her say my name like in every octave, Right? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? I know her voice. I know the inflections. I know the way she's, in fact, because I know her voice, so I know how, I know based on the speed at which a word is said or the height at which it's said, what that actually means. And therefore, I can follow <laughs> that voice when necessary to follow, right? The way that we know, if you want to know, if you're asking the question, how do I, when I come to these moments in life where I'm trying to figure out where to go or what to do, when Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd and I lay my life down for the sheep, what he's indicating here is, listen, I have things that I want to say to you. My sheep will hear my voice and they'll follow me. If you want to know how you know the voice of the shepherd, it's by becoming intimately, uh, uh, intimately involved in knowing his voice, by taking the time to just open up the word. If you've ever, you ever read the Bible and you're just going, I don't know, man, I just don't know if I'm getting a lot out of this. I don't know that I fully understand this. Can I just tell you something? Some of the great and best Bible reading can be done when we don't understand in the moment 
but we're being faithful to listen to the voice of the shepherd because there's going to come a moment in your life where it's time to make a decision and you've taken the time to intimately know the voice of the shepherd. Maybe it didn't mean to you very much in that moment. In fact, if I, if I were thinking about the, all the wisdom that I give down to my children from my vast knowledge, insight to life, I, I'm sure half of it's like, thanks, Dad. I appreciate that, especially as my kids are getting older. Like, yeah, we've got this stuff figured out. But I feel like I'll continue. I can get, give voice and I can continue to speak to the things that are going on in our life, but at some point in time, those, th those things will matter because the voice is there. Taking time to listen to the voice, knowing the voice. We have a good shepherd. We can follow him if we'll know him. The way we do is opening up his word, listening to his heart, being around other believers who know the voice of the shepherd and can help point us in that right direction, right? I mean, there's so many ways that God can speak to us, speak to us through those people that are close to us, speak to us through the body, the life of the church. We can have encourage, prophetic encouragements and words from other people. Open up his word and receive from it. But all of those things, the one thing that's important is that you have to be constantly putting ourselves in the place to receive and hear from him, to be around those people, to be around his word, and to engage in that way. It's one of those things I love to do. In fact, I would encourage you, if you find yourself in that place of asking the questions, how do I know what to do next? I think it's awesome to get before the Lord with his word and say, Lord, here's Here's the promise. You say that we'll hear and know the voice of the ship. In fact, it's not my job to direct my life. In fact, that's your job. I'm coming to you, Lord, and saying, I don't know which direction to go. And I'm asking you, my job is to follow you, not to, not to call the shot. I believe almost, I can, I, I can guarantee you to a T that the Lord is ready to speak to the heart that's ready to say, Lord, I wanna follow the voice of the shepherd. He speaks, he brings life, he brings hope, he brings encouragement, he brings truth. When we begin to ask that question, it takes the pressure off of our own shoulders. Let's just begin, because he never, ever, ever, never abandons. Secondly, a good shepherd corrects. A good shepherd corrects. The scripture puts it this way, at least in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, um, I would say rod and staff are not typically synonymous with the picture of comfort. Because a shepherd has a staff, and he takes his, his, his essentially a, a stick, and uh, it had a hook on the end. And whenever the sheep would get um, going in a direction that was going to lead him to danger, what he would do is grab that stick, and hook it around the neck, and pull it back. And in fact... Um, little lambs often would just go off and do their own thing. And if there was ever a little lamb, if there were ever a little lamb that would just go off and continually do what the shepherd would do is he would take his stick. And while this sounds painful, he would take it, use that rod and break its leg. And he'd put it over his shoulders and begin to nurse it back to health. And you know what would happen? That lamb would become not only accustomed to his voice, but he'd become accustomed to the 
presence of the shepherd. And in that movement or in that act of correction, though it seemed maybe painful in the moment for that little sheep, what the shepherd was setting that sheep up for was a lifetime of provision and protection being near to the shepherd. And so Jesus is faithful to correct. Now, no one ever, I don't think in the history of life, has ever been like, yes, I am so thankful for this correction that's happening in my life right now. Man, this discipline is so good. In fact, I've got kids get to discipline all the time. They're never like, dad, this discipline is awesome. Yeah, bring it. I want to be grounded for more weeks. That's what I want. Bring that discipline, okay? No one ever says it doesn't ever happen. It's never, no, no one in this room has ever just been celebrating of the discipline of the Lord or discipline of our parents. In fact, uh, uh, Hebrews 12 puts it this way. Listen, verse 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. So the scripture's not like unaware that discipline doesn't always feel good. But here's what it says, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Good parents say no. Good parents say not, not this way or not this time or not this direction. They just do. And I'd be willing to wager there are many of us, many in this room where you might look back and long for the discipline of a dad or a mom that you didn't have. Wishing or desiring that there was a parent there that cared enough to say, no, honey, you aren't wearing that to the dance. That's not okay. I love you too much. Or wishing that a parent said, listen, this relationship is not helpful or healthier life-giving for you. I'm gonna pull you back from that. I'd say the vast majority of us have had maybe an experience or something where maybe we had hoped we had had a measure of insight or wisdom or even, if you will, discipline in our lives from a good and faithful leader. It's something that I think we we all might could take for granted in the moment, but looking back and seeing the value and worth of a kind, corrective, encouraging word to come up. Surely, look, here's the promise. Look in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The promise, of course, isn't that we're not gonna have those moments in life that are painful. The promise is that if we stick with the shepherd who's leading us and guiding us and even correcting us, that no matter what is stolen or taken from us in this life, nothing can spoil the incredible inheritance that we have forever in God, nothing. Nothing can take that. It's the power of being near the one who loves us enough to correct our hearts and lead us in the right direction. And then finally, a, a good shepherd provides. A good shepherd provides. 
The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now listen, there's only a couple of conditions in which a sheep is actually willing to lay down. Almost, they're almost all the time they're up and they're grazing. A sheep will lay down if it's full, satisfied, and if it feels safe. The only conditions under which a sheep will actually be willing to lay down when they feel full and when they feel safe. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. Not raging waters, right? Because if you can just imagine, sheep don't go to raging rivers because essentially they're large cotton balls. And if they fall into a river, they float down the river forever, okay? They don't get out of it. So they only go to quiet streams. And what, it's saying, what he's saying here is, listen, I know exactly what you need and I know exactly where to lead you to waters of life. Every one of us has some need. Every one of us finds ourselves in need all the time. We might find ourselves with a physical need. Maybe there's an emotional need or a spiritual need, but every one of us is and has been in that place of having need. Jesus says, listen, I'm the one who promises to bring you to a place where you shall not want. I'll lead you down green pastures, meaning full of hope and life, and beside still waters where you'll be nourished. In fact, Jesus puts it this way. He says, listen, he says, I am the living water. And if you'll come to me, you won't ever thirst again. Every one of us has been in a place where we've been really thirsty before and what it feels like. And maybe even the desperation that you feel after a hot day where you're ready for a cool drink. Jesus says, listen, I am, a dr- if you'll come to me, you'll, he says, you'll never thirst again. The Psalm, Psalm puts it this way. He says, he restores my soul. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you feel the weight of the need that you and I have, that we have emotionally or spiritually. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have it together. There are pressures and weights from life. And Jesus here is saying, listen, I'm here. I'm the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. And the way that I do that is I'll take you exactly where you need to be. I'll lead you. I'll protect you, provide for you. I'll restore your soul. Now, let me tell you, I, don't, I can't think of a more rich promise than for the good shepherd who is able and powerful to look and say, listen, whatever restoration you need, whatever it is that you've been through, whatever other pasture you've been a part of, come and be with me and I will restore your soul. It's abundant provision. Jesus says, I come that they may have life and life abundantly or life to the full. 
beauty is, is Jesus's leadership in our lives takes the weight off of our shoulders for all that we can't do. That's the point of having a good shepherd and being a sheep, is that when we can't protect or defend or care for ourselves, we can't clean ourselves when we are completely and utterly helpless, our lives at the end of the day are ultimately dependent upon the shepherd. And what Jesus is saying loud and clear is, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one. I will watch out for you. I'll defend you. I'll provide and protect for you. I'll watch over you and I will lead you into paths of righteousness for my name's sake so that the entire world will know how good I am. He lays down his life for the sheep. You might find yourself needing direction or you've got questions right now. And Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd. I will lead you. I will speak to you. You'll hear my voice. You'll incline your ear to me. You might be in a place of learning. You're walking through some stuff. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, if we could probably all be honest with ourselves, we've all been in that place where we keep ramming our head into the same issue. And we don't seem to be getting anywhere. And the Lord's like, hey, I'll take you. You feel like you're coming up against that wall over and over and over again. We have a shepherd who's willing to lead us out. Maybe take us through that hard lesson so that we can understand and know that he's for us. If you need some, some something, if you need provision, rest for your soul, this is who he is and this is what he does. We'll finish with that, that picture that Jesus gives us, Matthew chapter 18. He says this, listen. There's a shepherd, and he has a hundred sheep. And one of them runs away. He says, the good shepherd, he'll leave the 99 just to go after the one. And when he gets and he finds the one, what's his attitude? He says, he celebrates. He delights. He says, I found the one. This is the heart of the good shepherd. We find ourselves in lots of different places with lots of different questions. We have a good shepherd who's willing to leave whatever to come and find us and grab us and bring us back into his fold and to say, I have the words of life. I'll restore your soul and you'll always have me. You'll never have to thirst again. He rejoices. It's who he is and it's what he does. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to have and know and experience life. That's what he wants to do. Would you guys do me a favor? Would you put your stuff down and just stand with me? Our team's gonna come back up. We have an opportunity just to interact, if you will, with the, the good shepherd. And one of the ways that we get to that once a month, we take time as a family to come and to partake of the Lord's Supper together to remember her, a good shepherd who is willing to lay his life down for us. And so we're just going to take a moment to reflect, and then we're going to partake in this together. Father, we just want to come before you for a moment.
God, we thank you that you're a good shepherd. In fact, we just recognize right now that you're the one who leads. You're the one who provides. You're the one who protects. You're the one who corrects and disciplines when we need it. You're the one who restores our soul and leads us to life. And we recognize even now that we can't produce any of those things. In fact, we probably mostly could confess that we've all been in those places of trying to, pr- to do all of those things for ourselves to no avail. And so we just want to come to you, this good shepherd. We want to lift up our eyes and lift up our hands to you. I'm going to look at you and not ourselves for a moment and see our desperate need for you. If you're here and you're in a place and just need provision from the Lord, maybe there's something you need physically or you're asking God for healing or maybe you're in need of some, some provision, maybe it's financial. Maybe you find yourself needing just the restoration of your soul. You feel broken, shattered. Would you just come to the good shepherd and just say, Lord, I'm coming to you for my provision. I'm bringing my need to you with my hands open wide. wholeness, restoration. I'm asking you, the shepherd. Maybe you're here and you feel like um, you've been hitting a wall and maybe the Lord's trying to speak a word of encouragement, maybe even a word of discipline. This is that moment or opportunity just to say, Lord, I want to receive your correction. go against you and I don't want to press in the ways that keep me from you I want to turn my head and my life toward the thing that you want to call me into help me to respond with a yes in my spirit maybe there's just been something you've been holding the Lord at an arm's distance and you've been saying no and the Lord's saying no I'm asking you to trust me to say yes yes to me If you find yourself in that place where you're asking, Lord, I don't, I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure what direction I'm supposed to go in my life. I've got some big questions in front of me and I need to hear your voice. This is the good shepherd who's ready to speak. Lord, we want to incline our ear. We want to hear you. Good shepherd, we come to you. You are the provision of our lives. You're the voice over our lives. You're the Father who brings life from his words. We want to follow you. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
we recognize that the only path for life is in and, in and through you completely. Jesus, finally, we just recognize you are the good shepherd and you laid down your life for the sheep. We celebrate that. And here in a moment, Jesus, we're just, we're gonna go through that ancient, powerful picture that you gave to your people. We're gonna take the bread, recognizing your body that was broken for us. We're gonna receive the cup Recognizing Jesus, you laid your life down and spilled your blood so that we could be victorious, so that we could have wholeness in life. We celebrate again your power and your mercy and your goodness, everything that you accomplished on the cross. We celebrate it, we worship you for your body broken, blood spilled for us. We thank you for loving us so much that you would lay your life down. You don't leave us in a lurch, but Jesus, you come right into our mess and you pull us up and you give us life. We receive that again. Here in a moment, I'll, I'll say amen and we'll finish this prayer. And I, I wanna encourage you to come forward to receive um, both the bread and the cup. As you receive it, then you can partake in it. Go back to your seat. Now just as you remain standing, we're gonna finish with a, a song of worship. You don't have to be a member of our church to partake in this. You just gotta be a member of the body of Christ, a follower of Jesus. We'd love for you to be able to partake here. This is your opportunity to remember the good shepherd who lays his life down. We celebrate that. Jesus, we thank you. In a moment, you'll come forward, receive the bread, receive the cup, and you can partake. Go back to your seat, and then we'll finish with worship. Jesus, I thank you that we can remember that you laid your life down for us. It wasn't empty words that you said you actually went through. You did it for us. We love you, and we honor you, and we thank you for this moment to remember our good shepherd. It's in your name we pray, amen. Will you come and partake?